It's a gospel on the radio talk show. A show about dreams and visions and a church that is indeed triumphant, alive, and well. For the church triumphant is alive and well. Hello, Tallahassee. This is the Gospel on the Radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King, I am your host, and I am excited about another day to serve the Lord, another Sunday morning, a day to go to church and celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and all that God is doing in his glorious kingdom. Show number 1,092 today. Been doing this over 20 years on several different stations, but uh, the Lord has uh, he just has kept it alive, and we've just been proclaiming the gospel through talk on Sunday mornings because we started out on Saturday mornings. But uh, nevertheless, it's great to be with you. Welcome today. Today is one of those days where I just get to sit here and just talk to you, my friends. Those of you who tune into the show regularly, you know, I normally have guests here in the studio and we talk about passion. I love for people to come and tell their stories about what God is doing in their life and their ministry. It's just so exciting. And of course, that reminds me to invite you if you are in Christian ministry, in some capacity, and you just want to talk about what God is doing in that ministry, then call me, and we'll set up a time, and we'll pre-record the show and have it ready for Sunday mornings here on 94.1 on your radio dial, and it'll be a joy and a privilege. Uh, area code 850 Three, And we do have a few rules. We don't talk sports, politics, or doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another, and we don't talk about anybody in a bad way. However, I do talk about those things that affect the church, and I'm not one to call out names and uh, just get in somebody's face, even on the radio, but I do uh, Look for truth, and I'm always uh, mindful of the things that affect the church. And when this show was begun some 20 years ago, I was very, very uh, succinct in saying this is a show about the church. And I even made the comment. I said, uh, on the radio, talk radio, they can talk about all kinds of things. They talk about sports, politics. They talk about gardening and all these things. I said, why can't we have a show where we just talk about the church? And that became the theme, and that's where the rules came from. Passion, dreams, visions, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, triumphant, and he is. And so when I have these days to where there's not a guest in the studio, it's just me and you, and of course, we always invite the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit to come alongside of us and talk about those things 
that affect our lives. And uh, a lot of that has to do with current events. And you think about, well, what's going on now as we broadcast this show across these airwaves? What's on the mind of those who uh, would call themselves believers, followers of Jesus Christ? They go to church, raise their family in church, and uh, what would affect your life? Well, I think there's two things, and uh, one of them is probably starting to fade in the, in the minds of many of us in this part of Florida. But from having experienced hurricanes in this area, and, and of course, we went three years recently where one went on one side and one went on the other side, and one went over, but time it went over, it was somewhat downgraded. And uh, of course, when these things pass through, they leave a wake of destruction. And then we're kind of like ants, us humans. We just, uh, you know, somebody comes along and they, they, they kick the ant hill over, and the ants, they just go back, just build it back. That's just what they do. That's what we do as humans. We, we just build it back. But there's a lot of suffering that goes on in the meantime. And, of course, when uh, Hurricane Michael came through here, here in Tallahassee, um, well, the Lord spared us because it was, uh, it was coming at us. And then there at the last minute, for whatever reason, only God knows, it decided to take a left turn. And uh, many of our brethren in, in the western part of the state, in the panhandle, uh, they got the brunt of it. And I've seen some of that damage and some of that destruction. And it's detrimental. And uh, one of the things that happens here, if you're not familiar with this, is that the, uh, I think it's the Clear Channel stations, they, they suspend their regular broadcasting. And all the different uh, DJs from the different stations, they'll be in one location or, or anyway, they'll just have one of them on the air at a time. And what they're doing is they're, they're just letting people just call in and just the community is just talking. And I'm telling you, I applaud these folks for doing what they do because many of the other stations are uh, knocked out or whatever, and they're just allowing the community just to talk to one another. And I'm telling you, it's therapy. And I remember... Uh, during Hurricane Hermine, um, I think it was 2017, I believe it was, I sat out on a, my little office, which is, used to be a porch <laughs> in our house. It used to be a porch, and somebody, before we bought the house, walled it in, and then when I came along, I finished it up. And that's my little office out there. And there's windows all around, and I just sit out there next door. My wife had gone to Louisiana uh, to take her mother to a wedding, and uh, I was all by myself. And my kids, uh, they, they would they call and say, Daddy, you need to be in our house. You need to come to our house. And I said, well, honey, you got a hurricane at your house too? And I sit out there and just, I felt like I was just riding out the storm because it was blowing and howling, and, and even those nights you could just feel the trees are moving and, and then about 8.30, the power went out, and I had, a fortunately, a battery-operated radio. 
And I sat there all night long just listening to people calling in, talking about the things they were experiencing. And I think some of them might have been kind of dipping into something along the way because the calls got crazier and crazier as as the night wore on. And uh, finally, about 4 o'clock in the morning, it seemed as if the storm had passed over. And, of course, uh, it was still warm. And, of course, the air conditioner was out. And I went in, laid down on the bed, and, and just said, Lord, just please let me just go to sleep now. And I, and I did. And I woke up the next morning. And, of course, and you, you go outside, and you look around, and you see, well, what happened? Then, of course, in our in our place, there are trees down and limbs broke, and fortunately, we didn't have any damage to the buildings, just uh, trees and all that sort of thing. That, in fact, I still got a few limbs hanging <laughs> up on a pine tree from that storm, and I said, well, one of these days, they'll fall. But uh, in the meantime, they're just hanging up there. But that's, but that's hurricane. And our brethren fellow Floridians down in the uh, southwest part of the state. They're suffering, and they're going through that. Now, thankfully, and I've heard that uh, in most of those areas now, electricity has been restored. Uh, Lee County, there was so much damage to the infrastructure that a lot of that has to be rebuilt, and I think there's still some areas there where there's no power and that's very difficult because we're a culture that's become acclimated to having electricity. And uh, when you don't, then it becomes a problem. Now, a lot of homes uh, have uh, put in the uh, generators, uh, the Generac, that's, that's just one brand. And um, having been in a, in a place up in the mountains, the Georgia mountains, some friends of ours, we stayed with them for a few days, and uh, they had a little uh, rainstorm go through, and it was going on for several days, and that that Generac had to kick on many times. And I said, now, this is really cool. <laughs> I mean, you could count, I think, like 16, 17 seconds. Power goes out, and all of a sudden, you, you hear the generator start up out there. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty cool if you have something like that. But if you don't... Then you're just trying to keep your refrigerator going with a with a generator, so that you don't lose all of your your stuff that's in the refrigerator because food becomes a very difficult thing to come by because it becomes very very scarce very very quickly, and gasoline becomes very difficult to get a hold of to keep your generator running and keep your car if you need to go someplace and. Uh, and then you add to the fact that we are in these uh, inflationary times that we're in right now, along with difficulties with the supply chain. And so food was already, uh, the shelves were starting to be bare, as they have been here. And, and I, going to some of the stores, I, I'm just amazed. I said, I said to myself, the last time I went to Walmart, I said, this looks like, a hurricane just went through here because all the shelves are, are thin. They're not bare, but they're thin. And then you add this to our folks. And uh, so you can see what they're going through. 
And so there are people who are uh, doing fundraisers for um, the different ones that are suffering. And I I suggest that, that people give. And I'm not going to tell you who to give to. The Red Cross and, and those of uh, Salvation Army, these folks, they do a great job of trying to help people. I know for me personally, I am a part of my church that I pastor is a part of the Open Bible Churches. And we have three churches in that area of Florida. One of them was damaged a little, didn't have much damage, just a little. The other one, another one that's in uh, Pointe Gorda, was almost completely destroyed after Charlie. That was in 2004. When Charlie went through, it just it just ramsacked that church. They rebuilt it, and uh, beautiful. They, they went and just did a beautiful job uh, rebuilding and remodeling that church, and now it got damaged again, but not as severe as it was after Charlie. But then our church in Fort Myers received a lot of damage, and uh, they're not able to use our sanctuary right now. And then also many of the homes of the parishioners were also damaged. And so it's kind of a, for the parishioners, you, you want to give some time to be able to help rebuild your church, and, but you also have to take care of your home. Plus, you've got your regular life to live. And so it's a difficult situation. So if funds that I'm going to donate, it's going to go toward helping uh, restore those churches that I'm familiar with. And so that may be something that you may be interested in, too, um, because there may be many damaged churches in those areas. And, of course, this being a show that talks about the church, I'm very concerned about these uh, churches that have been damaged. So we're going to do what we can do in, in order to help out. But I would just suggest that you take part and give and help these churches to be able to uh, establish themselves as far as getting themselves back functioning, getting their facilities fixed, and that uh, there would be people who would uh, uh, help just in whatever way we can. I mentioned uh, last week on this show and also on the music show, the ministry Mana Express, they're down there now. They they were going to leave. Uh, actually, they, they left earlier than they said they were going to leave. But I talked to uh, Brother Whitfield uh, early part of this week and said they were leaving on Friday, which was last Friday. They were going to go down, and their ministry is just to feed people. And they take food trucks with them, or trailers that's got cookers and all kinds of stuff, and they take food with them. And they, they set up, and they just feed people, and uh, two meals a day. And they tell me that there's just there just be lines, people just lined up, because sometimes it's very difficult to get food in those type of situations. And I recommended them to you last week. They're called Mana Express. Keith and Carla Whitfield, they're from Crawfordville, Florida. And this is a ministry that God has called them to do. And... Uh, uh, like I said, I've had them here on the show a couple of times. And just hearing the amount of work they, they do, I just applaud them. And you can find them on the web, the Mana Express, uh, Keith and Carla Whitfield, Crawfordville, Florida. If you want to make a donation to them to help them to buy the food, buy the gas, 
they're like a lot of ministries. They're not, they're not taking anything for themselves. They're, they're going to do ministry. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm amazed at that type of a spirit. But this is the call of God. And uh, a lot of times there has to be those who will help. Let's listen to a little gospel music here. Guy Pinrod, I will sing of my Redeemer. He paid the debt and made me free. Made me free. Mr. Guy Pinrod, I will sing of my Redeemer. He paid the debt and made me free. That's a good word on a Sunday morning as we prepare our hearts to go to the house of the Lord and to worship the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. And let me invite you to uh, come worship with the church that I pastor. It's called Freedom Road. It's a Freedom Road Christian ministry. We're located at 720 Capital Circle Northeast, that's in the Crescent Park Plaza. We are between Easterwood Drive and Park Avenue. Now, Easterwood Drive is where you turn into uh, Tom Brown Park there by the National Guard Armory. So if you're heading toward Park Avenue, then you'd want to look for on the right-hand side of the road. You'll see our sign out there on Sunday morning. We'd love to have you come worship with us. Again, it's 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We're in a storefront there. And uh, 1105, that's when we start. 1105, we love the Lord. We uh, lift up our hands in praise to Him and uh, just love the Word of God. And I'm a, I'm a preacher of the Word. I've been studying and, and teaching a lot from the book of First Peter here lately. And I have just gained so much I love it when I do these studies and uh, preaching through because I learn so much. And uh, one of the things that I have taken note of is I've been studying this. And of course, I've been also teaching it on the radio uh, Monday through Friday here on 94.1 at 11 o'clock, the gospel on the radio broadcast. I've just noticed how much the teachings of Peter reflect the teachings of Jesus. And, I, and I've commented on this on both the, the, the music show and at the church, how much Peter changed after that encounter with Jesus there on the, on the seashore. How that uh, when he said, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Feed my lambs. And uh I believe that was a, a life-changing experience for Peter, and his teachings just took on the, the character of Christ because he talked so much in, the, in these teachings that we find in First Peter about forgiveness and about uh, our relationship one with another and just, just loving one another. It's just, it just, it's just amazing. So I'm inviting you. A personal invitation from the pastor to come worship with us. Freedom Road Christian Ministry. We just uh, love to see you bring the family. We love to have you come and worship with us at Freedom Road. So, we've had this hurricane. It was a bad one. And uh, 
lot of destruction. We pray for those folks who are down there because we know that it could be any part of the state of Florida. We're all vulnerable. I remember when I was in high school in Kentucky and uh, listening to one of the teachers talking about Hurricane Alley. And he talked about these crazy people who live in Hurricane Alley knowing that they're a sitting target. <laughs> and then I thought about, uh, well, when you live in Kentucky, you can, you're also subject to the tornadoes. And I've, I've asked myself many times, I said, would I rather live in an area that's a hurricane prone or an area that's tornado prone? Well, I tell you what, the, the thing about the hurricanes, you generally know they're coming. But those tornadoes, they can just come out of nowhere. And uh, you talk about destruction. They can bring a whole lot of destruction in a very small amount of time. Uh, I've told you about the farm that I grew up in Kentucky, an old log house. Uh, and uh, my mom and dad lived there until they passed away. And... Uh, of course, this is after all the kids had left and mom and dad were living there alone and it was a, an afternoon and they heard a ruckus. And so they went out to the door outside, looked, and here come a tornado right toward the house. And there were two big cedar trees. I'm talking about big, tall cedar trees right beside the house. It took the tops out of both of those cedar trees Crossed over the valley, there was a barn on the hill on the far side. I mean, it's pretty good ways away, but it's just across the valley. My mom and dad stood there and watched that tornado take that barn out. And, and uh, this, these are barns with log pens. If you're familiar with that, man, there's two of them on a farm there that me and my brother own now in Kentucky. And uh, it took the, the, the barn part completely out left that log pen standing there, went down the valley just a little bit, took out another barn, same thing, took out the barn, left the log pen standing. And my mom and dad stood there and witnessed the whole thing. <laughs> and I said, well, they told me this story. I said, why did you all not go get in the cellar? They said, just there wasn't enough time. There was not enough time. And so they just stood there and just watched it. And that's a tornado. And now I know that the hurricanes can spawn a tornado and do a lot of damage. But either way, just thank God that, uh, well, people are able to rebuild and go on. And so, Father God, I just pray. I pray for all of those who were in the path of this storm. The Lord, as they, as they are rebuilding, God, I just pray that the Spirit of God would be with them and help them. And Father, that you would raise up generous hearts among others that would be willing to contribute and help them, Father God, in any way that we can. And Lord God, I just pray that you would just minister encouragement and hope to these people. Many of them have lost their homes. And Father God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that it's a peace that passes all understanding would be there for them. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, let's move on to something else here this morning. 
again, we always think about those things that that affects the church, people who are part of the body of Christ. And any time that you have uh, things that are happening in government, then it's be it good, sometimes not so good, it's going to trickle down to where the church is going to be affected. And one of those things right now is this uh, rampant inflation that we're dealing with. And I know I've talked about this here on the show before, but uh, just uh, an illustration. My wife and I, we have these little retirement accounts. They're, they're not very big. There's not a whole lot of money there, but there was enough that it would have come in handy when retired. I say it would have, but they've been cut in half. And uh, I'm talking about in just a few months, they've just been completely cut in half. And that's just a small sample of what we're dealing with in these inflationary times. I, I was listening to a, a talk show, and a gentleman who, who drives a truck for a living, a big rig, uh, cross-country. And he was just telling about his circumstances, and he said that uh, I mean, he could be uh, mapping out his strategy to be able to find enough money to be able to provide for his family. He was a independent trucker. He owned his own truck, but he had to pay for it. It was financed. So he had to consider that in his uh, equations. And then he talked about how that he would he would bid a job. And evidently there's a computer pool that you go to and you, you bid a job. And they said, well, you'll get so much money to deliver these goods to this location. And then there'll be some money in that that's set aside for fuel. But what he was saying, he said, from the time that we we make that bid and we get the bid, the amount of money that's been set aside for fuel is no longer adequate because the prices of the diesel has climbed and even from the time that he leaves the destination to go, it'll climb deadly as he goes. And he said, I know how much money that I, I mean, he says, I've, I've figured it out. And I know that when the diesel gets to this price, he said, I'm done. He said, I will not be able to even make a profit at that point, and, and the, the rig will be parked. Well, you multiply that across the situation across the country when the truckers get to the point to where they can't afford to uh, move the goods. You're talking about a, a supply chain situation. It's, it's going to even get worse. And all of these things affect all of us. Whether, I mean, when we talk about things that affect the church, if, if goods cannot be moved, and, and uh, not only that, here are people who are going to be out of work. If they're a truck driver, <laughs> they can't afford to drive the truck. You look in that situation, it can become very, very difficult to be able to manage and be able to be able to deal with it. And then you just add to the fact that everything is just becomes more and more expensive. And 
people who uh, have jobs and you, you earn a certain wage and you're thinking, okay, with this wage I can do this and now you can't do that. And there's a lot of times there are people who actually take vacations. Uh, that's a very rare thing in our family, but, but uh, uh, I understand there are people who do take vacations. And you say, well, what can I cut? What, what expense can I cut? Well, they say, well, we cannot take the vacation. Well, what's that going to do? That's going to affect the supply line all the way down. I mean, you say, well, that, this person that, that runs this hotel, you're not going to have this person to come stay in your hotel. You're not going to have these people in the, your restaurants. People who own the uh, service stations along the interstate. All of this becomes to affect it. When we're dealing with prices that are shooting up, and so you say, well, what causes this? I mean, what what is it that makes this happen? And it has to do with the money supply. And, and when you've got government that keeps sucking up the money, when they when they keep passing these uh, legislative matters, they say, well, we're going to do this uh, this stimulus thing, <laughs> and we're going to take this amount of money out of the economy. Well, then that's going to affect everybody, and then causes the inflation to, to rise. And, and I've been amazed at this over the years to watch how this thing works and how that there can be these times where there's a, an economic downturn, uh, the words recession, the, the, the economy's not growing, and then there'll be a change in leadership and they can turn it around. And that, that tells me that there are things that can be done to make things better, which brings us to what we're what I call the I call the silly season because it does get silly uh, before these big elections, and we're right on the cusp of a big one. And this, of course, we call these midterms. And we're voting on governors and uh, senators and legislators and Congress and, of course, in the, uh, the local state representatives and the, the Congress and the Senate and all these, these elections. I hope and pray that as Christian people, they were paying attention. They were paying attention. <laughs> and, I, and I would think that when things like I talked about when your 401ks are just cut in half, that, that would get people's attention. Or when you find yourself uh, going to the grocery store and, and there's there's nothing there, that the things that you come looking for is not there, and uh, uh, you're finding that the amount of money that you make is not adequate ne- enough now to be able to purchase the things that you need to purchase for your family, I would think that that would get people's attention. And then you say, okay, let's look back and see when were things not like this? When were, when were we doing okay as far as an economy? And say, okay, what changed? <laughs> you see where I'm going here? What changed? And then we start thinking back, okay, how can we fix this? You see, this is the one thing about the American people. 
And uh, this has been proven out in history. Sometimes American people make mistakes when it comes to elections, but they have a tendency to fix it. <laughs> and that's, that's what I'm, I'm banking on that, that the American people, that we're smart people, and we see what's going on. Back in the river. Jesus, and I like that song because really they're talking about the teachings of Christ, about forgiveness, and uh, just allowing the Spirit of Christ to, to live in you. We call that walking in the Spirit. And I believe that's a cure for a lot of things, and a lot of things that we've talked about here this morning on the broadcast when we just put our trust in Jesus and believe that He's going to take us through the difficult times. But there's something that I, I want to point out to you. And uh, if you'll indulge me for a, a moment, um, it has to do with elections. And uh, something I have observed over the years, when the economy is uh, doing okay, people are not concerned about things, then when the elections come around, people like to uh, evoke emotion. And so the, the politicians, they'll, they'll find something that they feel like that people can get emotional about. And, and what, what they want is they want the people to vote their emotions. Not anything practical, just their emotions. And so they'll, they'll pick some subject. It may be abortion or it may be something along that line that, that matters to people. And they want you to just get emotional about it and, and uh, vote your emotions and then invoke other people's emotions. But in times like these, when people can absolutely see there's something wrong here. <laughs> and, uh, and when they... Uh, the money starts getting tight, the budgets are being stretched, and uh, things that affect your everyday life, it's hard to evoke emotions for something else because this demands people's attention. And they will pay attention to it. And um, we've discovered this in, in other times in history, that when it has to do with the economy, and it gets bad enough. That's when people will they'll pay attention then. And they say, well, we got to change this. we got to do something about it. Because I remember one time in history, I said this to my congregation, that there were some pretty bad things going on in the White House. And uh, we're talking about moral. And I said, how is it that even though all of this is going on, 
the economy's just humming right along and the country's doing well. <laughs> and because the country was doing well, economically, people weren't finding themselves strained. They, just, they, they would ignore these, these moral things going on. They just would ignore it because the pocketbook was okay. <laughs> Go figure. Us humans, the way we the way we deal with things in our logic sometimes, it's just absolutely amazing. So the point. Look, when you go to the ballot box and uh, you cast your vote, think about your family and how my vote and the people that I'm voting for, how is this going to affect my family and of course by having our families in good order then that also affects the church and that's my theme <laughs> that's my heart how does it affect the church and I believe that a church is only as strong as our families that are in it and how how all of that just kind of flows downhill so we have to look at these things how is this going to affect my family? Because there, there are things in society now, and I've lived a few years and I've seen a few things that are just amazing that people are, are buying into something that's just strange from, from the perspective of somebody who's just lived life I really haven't changed all that much <laughs> from the time that I was a child growing up. I've, my bearings have been pretty straight. And, I, and I, I see some of this stuff, and then they come up with these, uh, these names for things. And they say, oh, we're, we're this. And I'm saying, no, what you are is a, a person who's allowed yourself to be influenced by a spirit that's not God. And that is very anti-church. <laughs> and these things, to uh, my catching your attention, but uh, catches my attention. And one of the things that's always near and dear to my heart is my children and my grandchildren. And how are these things that are very anti-God, how are these things going to affect these precious children and grandchildren that uh, are so much near and dear to my heart. <laughs> so I said, Lord, protect us from all of this. And Lord, Lord God, just, just give us a, a peace, that Lord, that we could just know truth. Lord, let us just ride it out sometimes. Okay, the vocal band, we're saying. Keep me safe till the storm passes by. I love those words. The hollow of his hands keep me safe Lord till the storm 
passes by. <laughs> and uh, I remember reading in the scripture how that uh, the disciples were all on the ship and uh, Jesus was asleep. He was down in the, the bowels of the ship. He was asleep. And uh, they went down there and they said, Master, don't you care that we perish, that we're going to die up here? And Jesus gets up. He just rebukes the storm, and the storm ceases. And he, he said to those disciples, he said, where is your faith? Where is your faith? I think that message, uh, it still has truth to it. Where is our faith? Well, we do well if our faith is in the Lord and we trust him, even in difficult times. And uh, I've said this before to you on the radio, but uh, Wayne Cordero, who was a minister out on the West Coast in uh, Hawaii, has a saying, and he says, uh, hard times are good times for the gospel because a lot of times when uh, people are going through hard times, they look to the Lord. And that's a good place to look. And there's a lot of place, or that's a good place to put our trust and uh, allow our faith to rise above circumstances when the storms and the winds are blowing and howling. Where's our faith? Okay. Got something else on my mind. And that has to do with... Uh, just, I don't know, humorous in some ways, some ways very, very serious. And uh, we have this uh, wave of people coming across our borders that are very much impacting our country. And, of course, our governor here in Florida and uh, the governor of Texas, they've been loading people up and taking them to uh, what we call the, some of the blue states, and dropping them off in cities. <laughs> they took a, a busload to Martha's Vineyard. And uh, I've never been to Martha's Vineyard, but I understand it's a real ritzy place to be. And, of course, they didn't know what to do with these people. And uh, I thought it was very, very um, uh, insightful in the aspect that, well, you see how it is one thing to say things and there's another thing to live it out. And uh, what I understand that as you go into the Martha's Vineyard, the sign that welcomes people says that everybody's welcome and they talk about refugees and all this sort of thing. Everybody's welcome here. Well, those are good words until you have to live it. And then all of a sudden here is a, a busload of uh, refugees <laughs> here on your doorstep and they didn't want to have no part of it. And they shipped them off to a, to a military, military base somewhere because they just didn't want to have to deal with it. But yet down on the borders of Texas and Arizona, these places, they're dealing with it every day. Thousands of people streaming across those borders, seemingly unchecked. And uh, I just have a simple question. It hadn't been too long ago to where that tide had been stemmed. 
and uh, the number of people who were coming across the border had just gotten down to a trickle with a plan that was working. And that was what we called Remain in Mexico, where they set up stations in Mexico where people were processed and you didn't cross the border until you released to go over to the other side. After all of the appeals and all those sort of things, in other words, you were in Mexico, not in the United States, people weren't flocking to be able to stay in Mexico. But when all of a sudden that was suspended, then all of a sudden just come on across the border. And uh, from what I'm hearing in news reports and things, there's been a terrible cost to life. People who have drowned in the uh, uh, Rio Grande River, the people who have uh, died in, in uh, the, these vehicles that sometimes just gets abandoned, with people just locked up in the back of these things. And uh, it's just been carnage, not to mention the drugs and things that have been brought over to the United States, which has impacted every community in America. And uh, you say, well, why? Why, why? why did we change this policy that was working? Well, this is where you... We talk about the silly season. This is where politics comes in. And, of course, it goes back to what I was talking about a little while ago. This is when you vote, think. <laughs> Let's don't let ourselves to get caught up in just emotions. Let's think through these things, these things that impact our lives, impact our churches, impact our families. Let's give it some thought. And uh, and think through the process of what you're voting for. And, and what is it that people are saying that, well, if you, if you vote for me, this is what I'm going to do. And in this particular political season, we have a new phenomenon where the politicians are not telling you what they're going to do. They're just not telling you anything. They're, they're just not talking. And uh, people say, well, well, if I vote for this person, What's going to happen? Well, you can talk about uh, you know what they said in the past, but here this political season, they've just we're going to write it out and let people just vote for us just because we got a certain uh, letter <laughs> you know, designation behind our our party designation. We're just going to vote because that's that's the party we are a part of. And I'm saying no, think it through, think it through. What's this person that you're going to vote for? How are they going to affect your life and your family and the welfare of our country? That's, to me, that's a smart thing to do. Just think it through and, and make sure that you're doing what's best for the people that you love, the people you go to church with, the people that's uh, near and dear to your heart. I love to hear this lady sing. It's a Charlotte Ritchie. Consider the lilies And then you will
Consider the Lilies. That's Miss Charlotte Ritchie here on the uh, Gospel on the Radio talk show. And, uh, well, uh, just a one more time, I'll re- remind you to come worship with us at uh, Freedom Road, the church that I pastor at 720 Capital Circle Northeast. We love visitors. FRCM.us. And also, Join me Monday or Monday through Friday for the Gospel on the Radio broadcast, a daily Bible teaching of the Word of God. And then Saturday nights from uh, 7 to 8, it's the Saturday Night Gospel Sing where we crank up the Southern Gospel music and uh, play it loud and proud. <laughs> and, uh, we have a great time, and I'd love to have you as a part of that audience as well. Thank you for tuning in today. And... uh Appreciate you very, very much. Father God, I pray over this radio audience today. I pray, Father, for their families. Lord God, just protect them. And Lord God, we pray over our churches today, Father, for our pastors, for the messages coming forth from those pulpits. Let it be with great anointing for America and for peace around the world. And peace in the city of Jerusalem and peace in the nation of Israel. Father God, let these things be, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.